0: Well, it's a joy to be with you all again. This morning we're going to um, uh, hear God's Word from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 10. Let's pray as we prepare to hear God's Word. Our God in heaven, we thank you that you've created us and that you've called us to yourself. Thank you that you've given us your word so that we can know you and so that we can know how you want us to live. As we look at your word today, we pray that you'll help us to understand what you're saying to us, to believe it, and to walk in accordance with it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'll read Second Corinthians chapter twelve verses one to ten. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool. For I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In today's passage, Paul talks a lot about weakness. He says, I will boast of my weaknesses. He says, I'm content with weaknesses. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you often sense your own weakness? Have you experienced it in your own struggle to live as God has called you to do? Have you experienced your own weakness when you've taken the initiative to reach out to others with the good news of the gospel? Do you experience your weakness in everyday life as you realize that you can't make things turn out as you'd like? In our years working as missionaries in Japan, there's nothing we've seen more clearly than our own weakness. We can't make people understand the gospel. We can't change their hearts. We can't convince them to do as God says that they should do. Walking in weakness has been our constant experience on the mission field. And I suspect that for all of us, it's our frequent experience in many areas of our lives. Paul says that walking in weakness was his experience also. In Paul's case, he was made conscious of his weakness by the presence of what he calls a thorn in the flesh. There have been all kinds of speculation about what this thorn in the flesh was. But Paul doesn't tell us what it was. If the particular nature of Paul's thorn were important, certainly he would have told us. Perhaps he intentionally didn't tell us Because what he learned through his own thorn is relevant to us, however it is that we experience our own weakness. Paul says that his thorn in the flesh was given me to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations which he received in a vision that he was shown. Paul speaks about this vision as if it were someone else who saw it. But it's clearly Paul himself who saw the vision. We don't know what Paul saw or what Paul heard in the vision, but there would be no danger of Paul becoming conceited because of another person's uh, vision. Whatever this thorn in the flesh was, it was Paul's constant companion for the rest of his life. He was constantly reminded by it of his limitations, constantly aware of his frailty. Paul wrote about weakness in another passage I think you're probably familiar with earlier in 2 Corinthians. In chapter 4, he wrote, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It seems that walking in weakness is part of God's plan for his people. We have a treasure. We have the knowledge of the glory of God through our faith in Jesus. But we carry this treasure in jars of clay. In ancient times, treasures were often carried in clay containers to protect them. In comparison to the treasures, these clay containers were noticeably drab. They cracked easily. Their plainness was obvious. We are the jars of clay. We have the glorious gospel in our hearts, but our cracks and our weaknesses are plain for all to see. But the glorious gospel that we carry in our hearts was also wrought in weakness. The eternal Son of God took on some of the limitations of humanity to come to this earth. He allowed himself to come under the power of Jewish religious leaders and Roman officials, and he died on a cross. Jesus put himself in the place of weakness in order to save us. As I said before, we constantly experience our weakness on the mission field in Japan. Let me tell you about one such instance. Some of you have heard in the past about a man I'll call Mr. X. We first had contact with Mr. X when his daughter and a friend came to a children's outreach event at Shin Uriasu Grace Church. We invited the children who came to that event to come to Sunday school the next day, and uh, these two girls came. The next week, being a good father who wanted to see just what it is that his daughter was getting involved with, Mr. X came with her to Sunday school. Then he began to attend worship at the church. Later, he began to attend a men's Bible study on Sunday mornings. From the things we heard him say, we could tell that he was rapidly growing in his ability to understand what he was reading in the Bible. Then, suddenly, about a year and a half later, he stopped coming to everything. At first, there were excuses. He wasn't feeling well. He had to work. But soon, we began to be concerned that something bigger was going on. And then one night, he showed up at our door. He was clearly very shaken, and he told me what had been going on. Earlier in his career, he had regularly padded his expense accounts, when on business trips or meeting with clients. He'd stopped doing this once he'd begun reading the Bible, but what he had done had been discovered by his company. He was afraid he'd lose his job and not be able to support his family. He was afraid that the company would make a public example out of him. He was in anguish about the shame that he would bring on his family. I began to meet with Mr. X three or four nights a week. We memorized scripture together and prayed together. Through his eyes, I understood the, uh, the psalms of anguish in a way I never had before. There had been an initial meeting with his company's lawyer, but after weeks of silence, Mr. X was growing increasingly paranoid. He thought that the company might force his aged mother to sell her house in order to recoup the funds. He thought that the family of a co-worker in whose wedding he'd had a prominent role would harass his wife and child. He considered going into hiding with his family. One night, he confided in me that he thought of killing himself earlier that day. Each time we met, we talked over the same uh, scriptural truths. That's because the fear of the unknown and imagining all the worst case scenarios would drive him to the brink since the last time we'd met. He was frequently at the breaking point, but we talked over and over of God's ability to protect him and his family and how God could turn even this uh, terrible circumstance into something good. Finally, seeing his condition, his company asked him to consult with a psychiatrist He was treated with medication, and after several weeks off from work, he was asked by the company to return to the office. It became clear that the company was not going to prosecute him. Eventually, he resumed his role in the company. God did exactly what we'd hoped and prayed. He protected him and his family. In his mercy, God restored him despite his sin. God worked in these excruciating circumstances to show that he had for them a hope and a future. And Mr. X simply drifted away. He stopped coming to meet with me. Despite repeated invitations to come back to the church and to the men's Bible study, he's never done so. If I see him on the street, he'll be friendly, but any spiritual interest seems to be gone. I felt like I did all the right things in this situation. I stood faithfully with Mr. X during his time of hardship. I pointed him to God through scripture, uh, truths of scripture, and in prayer. And he seemed to hold on to those things. But there was something I couldn't do. I couldn't change his heart. I couldn't cause the seedlings of faith to take root and to endure once the crisis had passed. Those are things that only God could do. I was confronted with my limitations and my weaknesses. In the battles of life, whether for your own heart or for the heart of another, there will certainly be times when you also come face to face with your limitations and your weaknesses. Paul doesn't only talk about weakness in what we've read today. He also talks about power. God's message to Paul when he asked that the thorn in his flesh be taken away was, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul learned to be content in the place of weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He came to understand that when I am weak, then I am strong. Our experience as Christians is not only one of walking in weakness. We also experience walking in power. Though we're jars of clay, there's a glorious treasure within us. It's the treasure of the gospel, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And precisely because we are jars of clay, the power of the gospel in us is obvious. It shows that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Though we constantly experience walking in weakness as missionaries in Japan, there are times when we experience walking in power as well. Let me tell you one more story. Miyuki is a member of Shin Uryasu Grace Church who is working as a home helper. In this job, she provided uh, practical care for people with physical and mental disabilities. She asked us to pray for Mr. O, who was one of her clients. As a result of a head injury, Mr. O was experiencing short-term memory loss. His long-term memory was fine, but the problems with short-term memory hindered him from working and provided, uh, 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 provided many challenges in his daily life. After several weeks, Mr. Uh, Miyuki told us that Mr. O had been making comments indicating that he was thinking about suicide. He'd become very discouraged about his condition and was beginning to realize that there likely was not going to be much improvement in the future. Miyuki did just what a Christian should do in those circumstances. She gave the reason for the hope that she had at a time when Mr. O was without hope. <clears throat> she invited him to come to church, and though he'd never been to a church in his life, he came Right away, he began to help with setting up before worship and taking down after. Because of his memory problem, uh, he was a little slow to get to know people. He'd have to meet people several times before he would remember them. But he kept coming, so eventually I asked what, what, what he was thinking about all that he was hearing in the worship services. He said he wanted to understand more about Christianity. He'd been a cultural Buddhist, doing some of the rituals in form only, But he said he no longer believed those things and considered himself non-religious. We started a Bible study consisting of Mr. O and Miyuki and me. We began with the most basic things, because that's where he was. There's one God. God made the world in each of us. God has told us how we should live in his word. But we've sinned against God, disregarding what he said and living as if he were not important. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to bear the penalty for our sins and to reconcile us to God. And God has promised to give eternal life to anyone who trusts in Jesus. It was a long road, and there were times where I wasn't sure where this road was going. But faith is a gift from God wrought in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit worked to illumine Mr. O's heart, he came to trust in Jesus and he was baptized. And now he's beginning to walk with Jesus, to pray to his heavenly Father, and to serve God using the gifts and abilities that he has. There's so much about this story that's encouraging seeds sown by a regular Christian who is willing to care for somebody that God brought into her life, seeds watered through God's word in the context of a loving community and seeds bearing fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's power was clearly apparent in the transfer, transformation that took place in Mr. O's heart. Despair has been replaced by hope. Indifference has been replaced by conviction. And isolation has been replaced by community. In short, God showed up. And when God shows up, amazing things happen. I want to encourage you that God's power is at work in your life and circumstances as well. Whatever it is that you're facing, whoever it is that you're dealing with, God can and does work in just such circumstances. He's worthy of our hope and our trust. Walking in weakness is not something that only missionaries experience on the mission field. We all experience it and we experience it in a wide variety of areas of our lives. So I suspect that you know as well what it's like to be confronted with your own limitations and weaknesses. Do you know what it's like to walk in weakness as a parent? I certainly do. To not be able to influence your children and to protect them as you'd like. Do you know what it's like to walk in weakness at your workplace or your school? I do to not be able to overcome the interpersonal challenges and create a peaceful and productive environment. Do you know what it's like to share the hope that you have with somebody only to have it rejected? These kinds of experiences bring us face to face with our limitations and weaknesses. Walking in weakness is hard. Paul says about his thorn in the flesh, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but God didn't grant his request. Instead, it seems that God had a purpose for Paul continuing uh, to walk in weakness. It seems like that, that there was something that God wanted to accomplish through the thorn remaining in Paul's flesh. In the passages we've read today, there are two possible things that we see that God may be doing by allowing his people to continue to walk in weakness. One is something that he does in them, And the other is something that he does through them. First, God sometimes uses the experience of walking in weakness in his people. He uses it to shape them. For example, Paul says that one reason God allowed the thorn in his flesh to remain was to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. The constant pressure of the thorn kept Paul in a state of humility. If the thorn were removed, there was the danger that Paul would become conceited because of the special privilege that he'd been given. Okay, Lance, it's time. You've probably heard of the Japanese art of bonsai, in which beautiful miniature trees are made by pruning and shaping the branches. And the next one now. One particular style of bonsai is called the fukinagashi, or windswept style. In this style, all of the branches of the tree point in one direction as if they'd been bent that way by many years of strong wind. In actuality, wire is used to bend the branches all in one direction. The wire has to be left in place for a minimum of several months. If the wire is removed early, the branches will simply go back to their original shape. We, as people, are like this. We're all a little like Mr. X. Under the pressure of a trial, our hearts may be soft and pliable, but when the trial is removed, we may tend to go back to our old ways. In his wisdom, God knows that there are times when we need to be in the place of weakness for a prolonged time, so that the changes which are brought about will be changes which last. In addition, We often encounter God in the place of weakness. God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. As he endured the thorn in his flesh, Paul was sustained by God's grace. Through this experience, he came to know God in deeper ways, and he learned to rely on God in new ways. He found sustenance in God's power. And this brought him to the place where he could say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In the same way, we often encounter God in new and deeper ways as he sustains us in the midst of trial and hardship. Second, God sometimes works powerfully through his people when they're in the place of weakness. God said to Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. And in the passage from 2 Corinthians 4 that we read earlier, we saw that it's because the treasure of the gospel is in jars of clay because Jesus lives in the hearts of weak people that it's clear that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. God can use us when we're in the place of weakness in ways in which he can't otherwise. And when he does so, no one will be tempted to think that the power came from us. So what do we do? Let me suggest two things. First, When we find ourselves in situations where we're longing for change, we should look to God, not to ourselves, for the power to bring change. I failed recently in this area. I was trying to help someone, and the person wouldn't take the first step that they needed to take to get the help. I thought I could outsmart the person and nudge them in the direction that they needed to go. So I said, if you want to get help today, this is what you need to do. If you want to wait till tomorrow, that's okay. I knew that the person didn't want to wait. I thought the, pe- the person would either do what was needed to get the help, or if not, at least they would learn that the next time help was offered, they needed to seize the opportunity. But it fell flat. The person didn't take the necessary step, and they didn't learn anything either. Seeing my failure... I learned that I was looking to myself, to my cleverness, to bring about the change. And I learned that I didn't have the power that I thought I did. When faced with my own weakness, I was convicted that I needed to look to God in prayer to work in this situation. Second, we should be willing to walk in weakness, willing to be in the place of weakness. In part, This is a matter of faith. Can we trust that what God is trying to do in us while we're in the place of weakness is a good and necessary thing? Can we trust in His wisdom and His goodness? And it's also a matter of yielding ourselves to God. Are we willing to be in the place of weakness so that God can use us? Willing to be used by Him in unique ways as we walk in weakness? I'm told that Francis Schaefer once said, to be a Christian is to walk with a victorious limp. I think this is a profound truth. As Christians, we walk in weakness. But as we walk in weakness, God will bring us along to victory. Victory over sin as he transforms our hearts. Victory over death as he raises us to eternal life. And sometimes we experience victory in this life as his power works in us and through us. Because of the victory of Jesus at the cross and at the empty tomb, we will share in his victory. So, limp on, brothers and sisters. Limp on all the way to victory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we all know what it's like to walk in weakness. We frequently come face to face with our own limitations and our frailty. We thank you that you don't leave us alone in the place of weakness. You sustain us with your grace. You work in us and through us when we're in the place of weakness. Of course, we don't enjoy being weak. But help us to trust you even when we're in the place of weakness. Help us to be willing for you to use us even when we're in the place of weakness. Glorify yourself as you show your power through our weakness. We pray in Jesus' name.